Everybody thinks following Jesus means a little something different, but I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean just believing. That is way overrated. We're going to talk about it on this week's episode of Journey at Home. You know, one of the central elements of all religions that they all have in common is they're based on and they require the acceptance of a particular belief system. A belief system is just a set of principles and tenets about what's right and wrong, what's true and false. You understand that. We've all got them, don't we? And let's be honest, we all love them because belief systems allow me to remain in control at all times. They let me live the way I want to live, but if at any point I decide I want to live in a way that doesn't align with my embraced belief system, well, then I'll just change or alter my belief system. It's pretty easy. I create a loophole to justify why I'm going to divert from the belief system in a certain area of life. Or, if it requires too much diversion, I can adopt an entirely new belief system entirely. That's why I think belief systems are so appealing. I, I get to stay in control of everything. Now, the reason I bring this up is that when most people, including a lot of us, when we think about Christianity, we view it as a belief system. We think of it like a set of rules, you know, do's and don'ts, right and wrong that I either choose to adopt because it aligns with my preferred way of thinking or maybe I resist. But then if I adopt it and I misbehave enough, I'm gonna deviate from that belief system and eventually you know, misbelieve. I'll choose to believe something else. I'll just create a loophole to justify the actions that I wanna take that differ from what Christianity says I should do. Now think about it. When you were presented the idea of Christianity, when you were presented the idea of having a relationship with Jesus, how was it presented to you? It was probably presented as something or someone that you needed to believe in. In other words, here's some facts. You just believe them and you're good. The only problem with that is Jesus never introduced or promoted that approach. When you read the accounts of Jesus' life that are recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, you do not find one instance where Jesus laid out a belief system and said, okay, do you intellectually accept this? Then you're all good. Now, Jesus gave a very different invitation to people. It was an invitation to follow me. Now, we all know what it means to believe, but what does it actually mean to follow? That's what we're going to talk about for the next few episodes. And I want to start with a story that demonstrates exactly what this looks like to follow. Now, here's what's interesting about this story. We have two different versions of it in the New Testament. One version sounds so intimidating and unrealistic that I'm telling you, it just leaves pretty much anybody who reads it going, that's crazy, who would do that? But the other version of the story fills in some of the gaps. It better helps us understand what following Jesus actually looks like. So let me share the crazy version with you first, okay? It's the way many of us have had faith and have had following Jesus presented to us. It's found in Matthew chapter 4. And Matthew writes, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And then Matthew tells us, Jesus said, come follow me and I'll send you out to fish for people. And at once, Matthew says, they left their nets and they followed him. It's kind of like, what? Some stranger walks up, you just abandon everything, Peter. You abandon everything, Andrew. You just walk away from your business to follow Jesus. I mean, who does that? But the story's not over. Matthew goes on to say, well, going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. 
So they're in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets, because they're fishermen too. Jesus called them, Matthew says, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. That's the end of the story. I mean, it just sounds irresponsible, doesn't it? Who would ever do that? But for a lot of us, this is what we think about when we think of following Jesus. It just sounds so extreme. And maybe that explains why we opt to turn Christianity into a belief system, because belief systems are a lot safer than following. But here's the good news. This isn't the whole story. So Luke, he also recorded a version of this story, but he gave us way more detail. And it's a good thing because a lot of us, we need more information, don't we, before we walk off the job and follow some stranger. So I want you to listen to what Luke tells us about the same incident. He says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which was the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around Jesus. They were listening to the word of God, to which we go, okay, well, there was more going on then. Jesus is actually down on the beach, and he's teaching this large crowd of people who are listening to him, which, by the way, this is how following Jesus always starts. It starts with information. Matter of fact, if you've ever been a part of a faith or even a brand of Christianity that refuses to allow you to ask questions, to learn, well, you probably should run away. Because Jesus always started by letting people listen and by letting them learn, just explore. But this crowd, Luke tells us, is so large, everybody there can't hear Jesus. And so Luke says Jesus saw at the water's edge two boats that were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now you can guess who these fishermen are, right? It's Peter and Andrew, it's James and John. And while they're cleaning their fishing gear, and you know, they've been fishing all night long, they're trying to pack everything up for the day, they're listening to Jesus teach too. And this is when Jesus turns to them and he asks for a little help. Luke says Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon or to Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down at this, you know, on this elevated stage, if you will, and he taught the people from the boat. So Peter decides to help Jesus out. Jesus teaches. Everybody listens. And then Luke says, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, all right, I want you to put out into deep water, and I want you to let down the nets for a catch. So don't miss this. Jesus' first request to Peter was, can I use your boat? Pretty simple. His next request is not, okay, now, Peter, I want you to abandon everything and follow me. No, Jesus next asked Peter to do something that Peter's done a thousand times, but Jesus asked him to do it in a way that he'd never done it before. Jesus says, Peter, I want you to fish which I know you do all the time, but I want you to do it right in the middle of the day when there's no way you're going to catch anything because all fishermen in the first century knew that. And so Peter, he's trying to be respectful, right? So he looks back at Jesus and he says, well, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. In other words, that sermon you just gave, I was really interesting and all, but that's a little more your wheelhouse. It's a little more your lane than fishing, you know? Not sure you know exactly how fishing works, but this is kind of the whole point. Jesus is asking Peter to trust him enough to do something that just feels unusual and a little risky to Peter. He's not asking him to abandon his fishing business, but he's saying, I want you to fish when it doesn't make sense. And that's what makes Peter's response noteworthy. Peter looks back at Jesus and he says, okay, but even though this doesn't make sense, because you say so, I'll let down the nets. In other words, I'm not doing this because I think it's actually gonna work, but I've been listening. I've been paying attention to what you're saying and what you're teaching. I'm a little curious about you, right? And you've earned some of my respect. So out of respect for you, even though I think this is going to be fruitless and pointless, we'll throw the nets out. 
See, this wasn't about believing something intellectually about Jesus. Jesus was asking Peter to trust him enough that Peter would be willing to move and do something that Peter wouldn't normally do. And then Luke tells us what happened. He said, when they had done so, when they'd thrown the nets out, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat, that's James and John, to come and to help them. And they came, they filled both boats so full, they both began to sink. And then when Peter saw this, what do you think he did? Dad, not going to believe it. We hit the jackpot, right? Go buy a refrigerated truck, book that trip to Bora Bora we've been waiting to take because we've got a load of fish here. No, that's not how he responded. That wasn't what was on his mind. Luke says when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Not master. I mean, he called him master earlier, but that was just respectful. Now he's calling Jesus Lord. I don't know if you know what that meant. But in their culture, that meant Messiah or king. This is really personal. This is the beginning of a different kind of relationship between Peter and Jesus. Peter has now come to realize who Jesus is, which prompts a very different response from Peter. But here's what I don't want you to miss. Peter only discovered who Jesus was because he was willing to trust and to follow Jesus. Well, the story continues. Luke tells us, that Peter and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Peter, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. In other words, Peter, I've got a purpose for you. I have somewhere I want you to follow me specifically. But Jesus is going, I wasn't going to make that difficult request until you had taken some smaller steps to trust me. But now it's your little bitty faith has experienced my faithfulness. Now that you've seen I'm trustworthy, I'm going to invite you to go all in with me. And Luke tells us they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything, and they followed him. Now, here's why I love this story. Because it shows that following Jesus really is a step-by-step process. I mean, think about it. First, you sit and you listen. Jesus always starts by inviting you, inviting me, to listen, to learn, to explore, to examine the evidence, which maybe for you means it's reading that book or it's reading your Bible a little more or it's listening more regularly to teaching at church. It's figuring out what you need to know about Jesus because following always starts with information. And then the second step was he asked Peter to loan him his boat. And maybe this is where some of you are. God's asking you to take a step that's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience. That's what it was for Peter. It was just a small inconvenience. And maybe for you, you need to choose an inconvenience, put in a little time to learn more about who Jesus is and what he thinks about you. Maybe you need to get involved in something like what we have here at Journey, which is starting point where you can sit down with people and ask your questions. Maybe it's you making a little bit of time to serve regularly. And absolutely, it's inconvenient. Of course it is. He's asking you to loan him a little of your time. And then the third stage, well, this is where it gets interesting. The third stage for Peter was, okay, now take me fishing. You know, this is where you and I get to a point where we're willing to trust God enough to do something that seems unusual. But it's not in every area of life. It's just in one area. You know, I know God says practice consistent generosity. I've never done it. It seems unusual. I'll try it. I know God says to approach relationships or parenting or marriage in a different way. Never really thought it would work, but Jesus said to do it. I'll try it. I'll see what happens. When you reach this stage of following Jesus, you're willing to trust and obey him in one area and see if God does what he says he will do. 
you know you ought to start, you know you ought to stop. You're finally willing to try it, right? And then the final stage of following Jesus is this leave your net stage. And this is when you built up enough trust that you're willing to go all in and say, okay, God, whatever you say, I'm going to obey. I don't need to understand it. I don't need to have all the answers. I will do it because I trust you and you always know what's best for me. So here's my question for you. Wherever you are in your faith journey, what stage do you think you're in right now? Now, I'm not trying to get you to grade yourself or beat yourself up if you're, you know, a, a different place than you wish you were. My point is, following Jesus is a process. And so if you want to know Jesus more personally, your responsibility is simple. It's just to take a step. Take a step. Don't settle for believing or adopting some belief system and say, I'm good. No, no, no. That's way too impersonal. Jesus invites you to follow him. And following isn't rigid. But following is uncertain. Following isn't impersonal. It's actually very personal. And following isn't just intellectual. It's an intellectual piece that leads to actually practical action. And the good news is, if you will choose to take a step, Jesus will accommodate to your capacity for trust. He will move at your speed. But you still have to move. You still have to do something. So, if you just want to be somebody who believes, well, okay, then believe. Believe whatever you want to believe. But I, I wouldn't call it Christianity because Jesus didn't give us the option to just accept some belief system. Jesus' invitation was to follow him. And that means whatever's bugging you right now, whatever that nudge is that you're feeling, that thing that you know you should do, that thing you know you should change, well, that is your next step. And you should take it. You should take it. Because we get to choose whether we follow Jesus, but we don't get to choose how we follow. And I'll explain more about what I mean in the next episode.